Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. This is a replay of our DPI News and Notes show that we do every Tuesday over on Facebook. To see my smiling face, find us on Facebook at DPI Podcast or on YouTube at the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. Now enjoy this episode after a short ad from our friends at Anchor. Hi, I'm Matt. Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. Through creative content and live shows, we explain the hidden details of the Disney experience so that our clients can execute memorable adventures. Together with Princesses of the Mouse Disney Travel, we have helped hundreds of clients plan, book, and prepare for magical Disney vacations. Let our experience help you avoid common planning mistakes and maximize the enjoyment on your next Disney trip. Hey, good evening. Welcome to the DPI News and Note Show. I'm Matt. Um, we have Peter with Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel that's going to join us as well. This, uh, this evening. Um, like I said, we have a ton of news. Uh, two weeks worth of news, basically, because of everything that happened last week. Uh, but before we get to that, and before we get to Peter with Princesses of the Mouse, go Team USA. Big win over Iran today. one nothing. Um, advances on to the knockout stage in the World Cup. So that's really cool since, you know, they didn't even make it last World Cup and uh, <clears throat> play Saturday at 9 a.m. So if you are a soccer football fan, 9 a.m. USA Netherlands um, in the first round. So got Peter with Princesses of the Mouse Disney Travel over on the other screen. Let's go ahead and bring him on and let's start talking some news. Mr. Salvadori, how you doing tonight? Uh, other than my dog just decided, what are you doing? Get out of here. <coughs> All right, well, we'll see what my dog does. <laughs> Might be an interesting show with lots of like, what's that sound? Hey, at least we know your camera isn't going to turn off this week. Correct. We figured that out. We figured that out. So, um, lots of news to get to this week. So, let's go ahead and let's... Uh, Let's get into the news. All right, we got 15 minutes on the timer here, and let's start out with the kind of the big news that we didn't get to last week, and that was the uh, they announced the dates for the opening of Mickey's Toontown out in, in Disneyland, uh, being uh, in the end of March of next year. Um, so... Kind of exactly where they thought it was going to be, but a uh, couple months after they're going to open up Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway out there. So kind of kind of confusing on the timing there. Uh, da, 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 let me get down to it because it's a long ways down here today. March the 8th is when Mickey's Toontown is going to open. But Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad is going to open in January 27th. Um, 
what is Mickey's Toontown? What are they doing, and, and what is that going to affect in the park? So have you been there before um, in Disneyland? There was, gosh, I'm trying to even remember what it was called uh, at this point. But um, so that area, if you kind of go past the Matterhorn and past the um, 2,000 Leagues Under the Sea or the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ride, um, you got into the Toontown area. And, and really, lackluster is a good way of putting it because uh, it it consisted of a, a ride and then there was like a little kitty ride. I, the best thing that I can liken it to is um, the Barnstormer, the Goofy's Barnstormer ride um, down at Disney World. And, and then just basically a bunch of wasted space and a couple of like little, I don't know, kitty looking shops. And um, what they're doing is they're facelifting it, adding to it, rearranging it a little bit. And um, so I'm looking forward to kind of seeing uh, what it's going to be. But ultimately, it's just a a themed area full of Mickey character type rides. Um, like you mentioned, it's kind of funky that the Toontown area itself isn't going to be fully open until March when Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway is going to be open at the end of January. And, um, like, that's one of the big changes is the fact that they're putting the Mickey Runaway Railway into that area. Um, so... That's ultimately what it is, though. It's just basically kind of hinged around Mickey Mouse and maybe the Fab Five a little bit. And uh, it's just an area of the park similar to any others. So, yeah. Uh, it was well, run down when I was there back in. <laughs> Vanessa Gonzalez, around. thank you for subscribing to the channel. We are three subscribers away from 250 over on the YouTube channel. So, if you haven't subscribed over there yet, definitely hit that subscribe button. Let us know that you're enjoying the show. Um, news from Scott Gustin. So, Disney release Disney Cruise Line unveiled a new ship this year um, at D23. That's going to be the Treasure, which is going to be kind of their adventure ship uh, that's coming in 2025. And then, a couple weeks ago, Disney went out and bought a... Chinese ship called the Global Dream that was almost done and then the company that it was being built for kind of filed for bankruptcy and the ship has just been sitting there. Well Disney went and bought it and they are going to be uh, reimagining this ship and also releasing it in 2025. So two new cruise ships coming out in 2025. Now, Peter, my my question to you on on the cruise line stuff is, what does adding, in in all reality, three ships over the next three years due to Disney Cruise Line compared to other global cruise organizations? So, on the topic of cruises, we were talking about Toontown, and you like completely jumped ship. I did. <laughs> why, 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 what is up with the puns here lately? You're welcome. Um, okay. I'm just going to start so, putting all these into like a gag reel. <laughs> we should. <laughs> that would actually be pretty entertaining to watch. Um, so exactly what you said. That's whether they're all going to end up right. Because there's different Disney cruises in different areas. And, you know, we have talked about before that they kind of shipped one out over to Britain to run some cruises as well. That shipped one out. Oh my gosh, there's another one. Right? So they're adding in 
a whole bunch of a whole bunch of ships kind of rapidly because they just brought one out. They they kind of took one that's almost done. They're building another one of their own. Um, it tells me that they're looking to kind of expand it. Now, where will they expand it? I don't know if they're just going to look to, you know, maybe send um, some cruises out of, for example, like New Orleans, right? Just kind of like get themselves kind of still going down to the Caribbean, still going to Castaway Key, but maybe coming out of another big cruise hub. You know, Carnival has a lot of cruises that leave out of New Orleans. Um, so maybe getting another port to try and get more offerings for people. Because um, it, it would not make sense to send more out of Miami and more out of Canaveral, in my opinion. Correct. Because they already have a couple of ships coming out of those ports. So if they are going U.S., I can see them going another U.S. southern port. Castaway Key is really their big, you know, outside of the disney the cruise experience. Castaway Key is really the thing that sets them apart from the carnivals and, and all those, you know, the... the um, Royal Caribbean and all of those is the fact that they have this unique exclusive experience to offer you. Um, so I can't imagine them like going out of, you know, San Francisco and heading up to Alaska or anything like that with these new ships, but I could see them grabbing another Southern port. Well, it sounds like this new ship, um, can only be serviced in certain European ports right now because it's like a, a geodiesel ship it's a it's a special kind of fuel that can only be serviced in certain ports so it sounds like that ship is going to be based in europe somewhere unless an american port decides to invest in this technology and well, then we've got it would make sense to go over to europe because they're starting sort of a european cruise yeah experience. so it does make sense to beef that up as well and then remember that Disney is getting ready to open up their second exclusive island experience, Lighthouse Cove, here in 2024. So not only are they going to have Castaway Key, they're going to have Lighthouse Cove in the Caribbean as well as two different exclusive ports for Disney ships. So you're going to have the Wish going out of Canaveral, more than likely. The Dream is going to be going out of Miami, and it would make sense to have a third ship running those eastern and western caribbean ports as well since you're going to have those two islands to bounce off of um on the disney side so you know maybe in 2025 we're looking at three ships in the southern u.s one in the western that does the alaskan cruise destinations and one or two that are doing like transatlantic slash european cruises so, Transatlantic, that would be that would be something. Yeah, they they do one from New York to Ireland or New York to Great Britain already, um, but it's a one way only. So I I think you can do it each way, but it's like two different cruises, two different sailings. So that would be something. Yeah, pretty interesting, but yeah, lots lots going on on Disney Cruise Line. Um, Mandalorian and Grogu meet and greet uh, debuted out in Disneyland. It's not fair. Disneyland gets all the awesome characters. Uh, Let's there, go. There has been some talk about possibly this showing up in Galaxy's Edge as well in, at Hollywood Studios. Uh, the way that they unveiled it was kind of funny because everybody was kind of keen on the time when 
he was going to walk out the first time and, and Boba Fett walks around the corner and you hear like this audible groan in the crowd and then 20 seconds later Mando, Mando and Grogu come around the corner uh, as well. So it was both Mandalorian costumed characters at the same time. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, another exclusive one, uh, it just, like I said... Disneyland seems to be getting a lot of the cool characters right now. They got um, the what Hulk, Hulkbuster, Iron Man. They got Hulk in his quantum suit. They got, um, I mean, they get all the Avengers characters because they have an Avengers campus. So, which makes sense. Yeah, makes a lot. Which of sense. is why World needs a fourth park. Yeah. Fifth yeah, because that would surprise me with the whole announcement of what they wanted to do to Magic Kingdom. There, there wasn't Avengers mentioned in that. It was, hey, we're gonna make a villains one. We're gonna make an Encanto one, like which sounds amazing. But, like, what? Why don't we have Marvel? Yeah, yeah. Um, Takumatai is going to be reopening uh, by the end of this month, which they've only got a day, with a new menu in the Japan Pavilion. I haven't heard that it's actually open, but it says it opened up on the 23rd. So, um, multi-course meals priced at $250 per person um, if you're an omnivore, and $150 if you just have the plant-based menu. So, vegetarians, delight, you get a $100 cheaper meal at Takumatai. Drawn to Life offers uh, Sunday matinee performances beginning in January. Uh, you've seen Drawn to Life. How was it? Fantastic. It was it was really, really impressive. Uh, it's It follows a story. I, I don't know. How much spoiler do you want? Uh, you can give mild spoiler. Let's not give spoiler a Spoiler alert. Okay. So um, it follows the story of a girl who is searching for her inspiration after her dad's passed away. And um, it's really, really impressive because it's this kind of, like you have these these characters that are her like subconscious, sort of like inside out-ish, except they're not cartoony. Um, so you've got these different characters that kind of represent the internal push of the girl to like go and create and um, and like sort of be okay mentally. And then you've got this like villain almost that, uh, is like bashing her ideas down and like telling her that her ideas stink. And, and so it's really kind of cool because, um, like I said, it's, it's like Cirque du Soleil, but it's got sort of like that internal mental struggle going on. Um, and so it's real and it's all wrapped and themed around Disney animation, um, sort of being one of those sources of inspiration, those drives, those pushes, and phenomenal acts. Uh, really, really cool from tumbling to aerials to um, just, just like in general, just sort of like choreographed dancing. It's just, it's really, really impressive. Cirque du Soleil, I mean, if you've seen a Cirque show, they, they are all fantastic in their own rights. Um, they've all got very unique concepts to them from... Uh, Oh, out in Vegas to Ka to um, you know, drawn to life and all that kind of stuff. They 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 all have very very interesting storylines, interesting uh, concepts that the the acrobatics and everything follow along with, along with uh, really fun intermission stuff. So usually they'll have performers during these intermissions 
that don't necessarily tie into the show, but are very unique and, and interesting. So, definitely something to check out if you haven't, if you have some extra time over at Disney Springs. How many minutes do we have left? We have a minute and 54 seconds. Okay, with these final two minutes, we have got to talk about... So, since we talked last week, there have... So, Iger has made some moves, first thing. And second of all, more about why Chapik was ousted has kind of come to light. Um, the biggest of which that it seems like Disney Plus has been losing a lot of money in all this original programming. <clears throat> and he was reshifting budgets to kind of hide the losses that were being experienced on these Disney Plus shows. So I'm really tuned into this because that to me sounds like shareholder fraud. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm, I'm really tuned in to see what continues to happen on this. But on the Iger front, he froze the layoffs, which is one of the things you and I speculated last week. If, if he was really coming in to fix, um, he froze the layoffs that, that were about to happen. So already, like, it looks like Iger is here to right the ship. Um, Disney Plus, or not Disney Plus, um, Iger has already said that he does not like the park pass reservation system. And that shortly we should see that if you are a ticketed guest, that you have booked yourself into one of the four parks if you are a ticketed guest who has bought tickets for this time frame that you have the right to the four parks on those days without making additional reservations uh, if you're still a pass holder he expects that he's going to make you continue making reservations for this foreseeable future uh, just because they need to know when to expect you so expect some park pass reservation system changing here in the near future expect changes to genie plus in terms of pricing availability and how it's used um, and we can only hope that our other speculations of give us the dining plan back and just give us fast pass back not the whole you know give us the ability to book a few we'll see but it does seem like he his his focus seems shifted in two places. The content being created, especially by the Marvel studio, and the park experience currently being done. He straight up said it's too expensive to Disney now, which is what you and I have been saying for the last three months on yeah. the show. Now, now he did have his town hall. Um, nothing groundbreaking came out of that. Really, the things that were addressed were... You know, the park reservation system, the the hiring freeze and the layoff freeze, which the hiring freeze seemed to be, he was going to continue to go ahead with it, but it was more towards the management and executive level and not necessarily park-facing level. And um, the Lake Nona project, which is what's bringing all the California Disney people over to Florida, um, some of the delays there. So a little bit of extra news there. Couple things that we didn't get to. Um, Disneyland Paris just upped the prices of food at every restaurant. So if you are planning a trip to Disneyland Paris, uh, yeah, me, uh, go on the DLP report Twitter page. They posted all of the price increases, everything from a couple of bu bucks per meal to some of the higher end stuff up 16, 13, 17 euros per person. So. 
pretty pretty uh, drastic price increases. And then Disney's Magnolia Golf Course is reopening as a 14-hole course at a discounted rate. All that means is that I can shoot in the 60s at a Disney golf course. And yes, Peter, it is that time for our favorite part of the show. I'm becoming our, more and more like Woody Page. <laughs> our viewers' favorite part of the show. It is top three time. Here we go. Business trip. Uh, the people who were wrong. <laughs> Alright, it's top three time. I've got the chips here. I'm gonna pull into the go into the bag. I'm gonna pull out a chip. Hopefully it's not a single digit number because apparently that's all you think that's in here. And it is twenty-two. Aha! I'm twenty-two you, is our number. Six like four times in a row. <laughs> twenty-two that's is our number, so I am going to be Going over here, 22 is, ooh, very interesting one. Something that you might have to think a little bit about. The best places worth walking to outside of the parks. Like from my hotel? You can be from your hotel or from a park. Well, not many So places, places that you can walk to at Walt Disney World. Yeah, there's not many, but I like And it. you have 20 seconds. Planning your first trip and getting overwhelmed by all the details? Planning your next trip and just want some new suggestions on things you haven't tried? Contact me at Princess of the Mouse Travel, and I'd love to work with you planning your next trip to the most magical place on Earth. You can contact Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel on Facebook at P-A-T-M Disney Travel. Hey, and I'm getting good with this stuff to where I can just bring it right back in. Man, you're still writing. Watch out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I think you went first last time, so I will go first this time. Um, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go pretty specific. I'm going to go on the boardwalk area, and I'm going to go to Trattoria Alforno. Um... Trattoria Alforno is one of my favorite restaurants. Um, it is on the boardwalk side between Epcot and Hollywood Studios, so you can actually walk to it from both parks. It is technically part of the boardwalk resort, but um, it can be. You can also walk to it from Swan and Dolphin. You can walk to it from Yacht and Beach Club, and you're a short Skyliner and walk from anything that's on the Skyliner as well. So great place to go if you're wanting a breakfast before you go into the parks or if you're wanting a semi-nice dinner um, to get out of the parks and come back. So um, Italian fare, character breakfast. Um, when the character breakfast comes back, it will have uh, Flynn Rider and Rapunzel and Ariel and Prince Eric. Um, so interesting place to meet Flynn Rider and Prince Eric. Uh, but really good meal. One of our favorite spots for breakfast, especially a value breakfast at a sit-down restaurant. Um, works out really well right now. So my number three is Trattoria Al Forno. Peter, where are you going? Well, in that case, um, I will piggyback because one of the three that I listed over here, um, especially if you are traveling without the Littles, a fantastic place. It actually shares the exact same entrance to Trattoria Al Forno. If you go in and go to the left, you'll get into the Trattoria Al Forno restaurant. If you go in and go to the right, 
that is kind of like one of the side entrances to Abracadabar. So uh, it's a great place, again, especially if you're traveling without little ones or you have like maybe more, not necessarily all the way to adult kids, but maybe teenage kids that you can um, just let go do their thing without worry. Uh, Abracadabar is a fantastic place, opens up uh, kind of around like 5 or 6 p.m., stays open until typically around like midnight, um, 11 p.m., somewhere in that range. And uh, it's just kind of, it's a bar, um, but all of the drinks are kind of themed around magical kind of ideas. Um, some of the drinks even have like a little, a little kind of like twist of whimsy to them. And it's just a really, really nice, more like sophisticated place for you to go. And again, on Boardwalk, so you can get there if you are a Pop Century or an Art of Animation or a Caribbean, just Skyliner over. And then it's a short walk out of Epcot to get over there to just, it's a great place, especially to go at night because being out on the Boardwalk at night is just a really, really nice um, kind of like just relaxing experience. Grab a drink at Abracadabar, sit out on the boardwalk, look out over the lake, watch the friendship boats traveling to and from. Um, just a really, really, some of my more tranquil experiences. Yeah, it, it it is a fantastic place. That whole boardwalk area from Jelly Rolls all the way down to what's going to be the Cake Bake Shop starting next year. Um, really cool area to kind of get out of the parks and check some things out, some different things, because you've got the flying fish there, you've got Trattoria, you've got Jelly Rolls, Abacadabar, you've got the bakery um, and deli, and then you're going to have Cake Bake Shop here real soon. So a lot of cool things over at the boardwalk. Um, Jelly by the Rolls way, is a dueling piano place. I don't know if that's on your list or not, but it's it, not it, on mine. It so is not on mine, my list either. If you want to be part of Top 3, definitely get involved. Go over to the website, PATM Disney Travel wixsite.com forward slash planning and uh fill out the form give us a top three um nomination or go on to the youtube page and tell us what we missed um on our top three episodes that hit your top three so um you can do it one of two ways there all right let's get to number two and number two for me is kind of walking outside of the magic kingdom and really any of those monorail resorts now you can walk to with the addition of the path to the grand floridian now all three monorail resorts are reachable by walk um and that gives you access to places like chef mickey's california grill um narcoosies uh all, all a lot the fun of stuff places. out on this settle down buddy i know i know I'm, I'm i'm going with a lot on this one but you know i think when when, when i think about walking from the magic kingdom it's always to the contemporary um and and what you have over there you know with having chef mickey's there great family restaurant you've got steakhouse 71 there that's a great place to get a breakfast before you go to magic kingdom and then california grill is a fantastic place to have a dinner especially if it's an adults only trip um get a couple of drinks watch the fireworks from the balcony up there um just a fantastic place so i'll i'll narrow it down my number two is walking to the contemporary from the Magic Kingdom. There's like four places he can walk to, and he was like naming three of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've got I've got a very very sneaky one for number one. So, what is your number two? Uh, okay, so this is able to go 
from Hollywood Studios. Uh, it's a little bit longer of a walk. From Epcot, it's a little bit more manageable. But if you're looking for something to do midday, uh, maybe it's even on one of those days off and you're in one of those resorts, uh, one of the things that you can do is if you go just past Swan and Dolphin, you will find the Fantasia Mini Golf Course. And typically, if you're staying on site, you get a little booklet of cards that offers you the ability to play this little mini golf course for free. If you go to Fantasia, what's really cool is there's two different ones. There is the actual Fantasia course where you're playing and there's a bunch of the characters from different scenes in Fantasia. So you got the hippos in their little um, their little tutus and you've got you know Mickey and his buckets and you've got all these different things on the course. Um, so it's kind of like a more family friendly course. And then if you go to the left there, you can play like Courses of the World is the best way that I can describe this. It is a mini golf course, but it's a mini golf course. So there's water hazards, sand traps. Um, they take away all the like uh, most of the brick stuff that holds your golf ball in is gone. <laughs> and the golf holes are themed after some of the more like noteworthy or, or noticeable golf holes of some of the more famous courses around the world and so um, just a really really unique putt-putt experience over there and like I said walking distance out of the backside of Epcot walking distance from Hollywood Studios and uh, able to get to walking distance by taking a Skyliner uh, if you need to so really really fun uh, and typically free if you're staying on site with that enchanted extras little magical extras cards that they send you yep and if you don't get anything sent to you pick up your magical extras card at your hotel lobby desk when you check in you'll also be able to get your luggage tags which right now are the awesome 50th anniversary luggage tags um so definitely want to check those out um all right let's go to our number one hey um, my number one is walkable from Saratoga Springs, and it is all of Disney Springs. <laughs> yes. Mine's from Port Orleans Riverside, and it's Disney Springs. <laughs> well, you have to take a boat from... Pro you got to take a boat from Port Orleans. Like you can actually Orleans, walk to Saratoga Springs, or walk to Disney Springs from Saratoga Springs, which is... A very very cool trick if you're coming from a park since they don't have a bus to Disney Springs anymore taking a bus from the park to Saratoga Springs getting off at the last stop in Saratoga Springs and then you can walk across the or walk around the little lake there to get to Disney Springs and come across out in the front around where Basin and World of Disney is so um, Disney Springs, great outdoor shopping, eating, entertainment, lot, lots over there. We talked about Cirque du Soleil being over there earlier in the show. Um, just a lot of things going on at Disney Springs. It is quite a bit of a walk, so if you do have anybody that gets tired walking long distances, I mean, it is at least a mile around that. that it's a retention pond, but we can call it a lake. Um <laughs> It's a retention pond for the golf course for, uh, uh, da 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 Oh, I just lost my train of thought there. The golf course. Oh, that, that's Magnolia over there. No, it's, uh, no, no, it's, it's the Lake Buena Vista. Sorry. Yes, yes, Lake Buena Vista golf course. 
is it's the retention pond for over there. So, um, so yep, you walk around that and you have access to Disney Springs from Saratoga Springs. So like I said, mine's a little sneaky, but it also, you get a couple of pro tips on how to get to Disney Springs from the parks. Peter, what's your number one? So I'm kind of uh, torn, but they're kind of like right in the same area. So Matt mentioned coming out of Magic Kingdom and turning left to go over to Contemporary. If you go to the right, there's a relatively new path that'll take you through Grand Floridian and ultimately over to Polynesian. Now, uh, this would be a, it's a hefty hike to get over to Polynesian for sure. But um, again, I am going to go with the idea that I love going to Disney with my kids. I'm looking forward to when they get a little bit older where I can kind of blend the family time to also sort of the adult time. And one of the most unique, amazing experiences that is out there at Disney World is going to uh, Trader Sam's Grog Grotto. And so what you can do is, now you can take the monorail, but it's totally walkable, so it fits within the criteria of what Matt has restricted me with today. So I can walk out of Magic Kingdom and head to the right. And again, later towards the evening, if uh, I'm on one of those more adult type trips, I can head over to Trader Sam's Grog Gatto. And it's just a really, really cool experience. Unique cocktails, really fun bar staff, um, a couple of quick bites and things like that. So it's a really, really cool experience over there at Trader Sam's. So that is my number one is the fact that I can walk over to Trader Sam's. Just be prepared to sit around for an hour waiting for a table. Yes. Yes. So. Awesome. Awesome. Great top three. Um, again, if you want to be part of top three and get your subject top three uh, on our show, go over to the website, patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com forward slash planning and fill out the form that's in the top right-hand corner on that page, and we will get you taken care of. Um, so it looks like I lost Peter. So we'll see what's going on here, but I would imagine we're going to have him back here in a couple of minutes, and we are going to get over to our DPI question. Do you have questions concerning planning a Disney trip? Ask them live on the show or submit them on our website at patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com forward slash planning. All right, and we're going to get into our client question here in a second. We've actually got six minutes and 31 seconds remaining on our, our Zoom, so I think I think we can get through our client question because it is it is one that we've we've kind of touched on before. But um, came across a question over on Reddit about snagging hard-to-get dining reservations at Walt Disney World. Um, so let me go ahead and start with kind of my my strategy at the beginning, and then I'll let you kind of piggyback on it with kind of that continuous strategy. Um, so really, my strategy at the beginning is right now at 60 days out, you can book your dining if you are staying on site. Well, you can, at, at any point, 60 days out right now. Um, now it says that things are gonna go online at 6 a.m. 
but we know for a fact that a couple of the restaurants come online between 5.30 and 6 a.m., and that's going to be Space 220, and that's going to be Cinderella's Royal Table. Those two tend to come on a little bit earlier because they are two of the most sought-after reservations in Walt Disney World. Peter, go ahead. Uh, also, the other experiences typically come online. We're giving a lot of private information away here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the experiences do as well. So um, things like Bippity Boppity and Savi's Workshop and Droid Depot, um, even the uh, fireworks dining at Epcot and Magic Kingdom are typically up a little bit early. So I have booked fireworks, you know, the the fireworks with dessert party. I booked that at 545 in the morning many times. Yeah, so, so definitely want to be up. And this is Eastern Standard Time when, when we're talking about 545 and 6 a.m. So if you're, you know, Central, West Coast, even earlier for you. Um, when I get up to book for myself or for a client, I am looking for either the restaurants that they want to get into the most or the restaurants that I know are going to be the hardest to get. And there are a few that really step, stand out. Be Our Guest, Cinderella's Royal Table, um, Oga's, but we'll talk about Oga's a little bit as, as we go on. Um, Space 220... Hollywood Brown Derby used to be that way, but it's not anymore. Uh, Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi di Dine-In has, has gone that way. And then Tusker House over at Animal Kingdom. Um, especially the Tusker House breakfast goes really fast. So, you know, if I know that myself or a client wants one of those, those are the ones that I'm going after first. And then I'm trying to get the other ones after I go through kind of my high-end dining reservations. From there... You know, I'm just trying to fill in with what el whatever else I can get. And get reservations at 60 days out. Even if they're not the ones that you want, get the reservations that you can get at 60 days out. Because what Peter's going to tell you is kind of how to follow up throughout the 60 days leading up to your trip to look for reservations. So Peter, why do reservations come back available? Okay, so as Matt said, 60 days out is key. Um, approaching it with a plan is key. If you don't approach it with a plan, the worst thing that you can do at 60 days out is say, I'm going to start on day one of my vacation, and then I'm going to go to day two of my vacation, and then I'm going to go to day three of my vacation. You have to prioritize and understand um, where the hot commodities are. If you don't get any of those hot commodities, you're not out of luck yet but it is going to be a little bit more difficult um, so what i recommend doing is sporadically occasionally i mean don't absorb your life in it but just check from now you know check from here and there now and then um, just kind of see one of the really important times to check is 30 days out because what happens at 30 days out is the vacation packages are due and so a lot of times you'll have people who at 60 days out said, here's my dining. And then at 30 days out went, you know what, budgetary, family decision, whatever. Let's not go down to Disney. And so let's cancel our hotel. And then between 30 days out and maybe like 25 days out, a lot of times they'll go in and say, oh, that's right. We got to cancel all that other stuff that we did. 
And so they'll jump into the My Disney Experience and drop those reservations off. So check, especially around 25 to 30 days out, as people drop their packages. Now, right now, Disney World has kind of a, a freeze. You can go a bit further, a bit closer to the date before they'll drop that package. And so my last tip is checking one to three days out. And so if you're there on Tuesday and there is, boy, I really want to go to Space 220 on Friday, then check it on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Check it multiple times when you're sitting down for a meal. Check if it's available. Um, and then last thing that I can tell you is it never hurts, especially in the case of Ogus Cantina and Space 220, to go to the restaurant and check it out. I have seen tons of people get into Oga's uh, day of, and I can all, and I've also seen tons of people get into Space 220 day of. Space 220 only publishes, I would say, approximately 20% of their actual reservation space. Yeah. And so you can absolutely get on get to Space 220 if your heart desires it. Uh, Matt's going to talk. We got like 30 seconds, so I might get cut off. Go, Matt. Yeah. So, Peter, where can people find you? Uh, Facebook, Princess of the Mouse Disney Travel, or just type Disney Travel, and you will see me sitting there ready to help you with all your Disney dreams. And maybe big news in the next couple of weeks, so stay with us. Um, I saw Dave post something on his page, so. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming, so stick with us. So, Peter, thanks for joining us. Before you get cut off, have a good week. And he's gone. All right. So let's get me back over to here. I'll close out the show real quick. Um, so big news this week, you know, Iger kind of had his town hall and addressed some of the cast members' concerns. Nothing groundbreaking or news-breaking by any means, but it's a step in the right direction, we think. This week's top three, our favorite places to walk to at Walt Disney World, um, whether it's from a resort or from one of the parks. And then our client question was concerning getting those hard-to-get dining reservations. You know, definitely having a plan at 60 days, checking at 30 days and kind of sporadically from that 60-day to that 30-day mark, and then checking again one to three days. And worst case scenario, walking up to some of these restaurants day of just to see if they've got reservations available for that day. So um, if you do have any questions about anything that we went over today, definitely reach out to us. Um, you can get in touch with me over on Facebook at DPI Podcast. Um, you can answer the question on the YouTube channel and, and ask a question there. Or you can get in touch with us on the website, as you can see down below, PATM disneytravel.wixsite.com forward slash planning um, and we will answer your question as soon as we can. So thank you guys all for watching tonight. Um, I am going to hit the outro. Hey, we have Peter with Princess of the Mouse Disney Travel on with us if you want to get in touch with him. To get the wheels rolling on your next Disney trip at PATM Disney Travel over on Facebook.
looking for us on social media, you can find me over on the DPI Podcast page at DPI Podcast on Facebook, um, over at Twitter at Disney Insights, YouTube channel, the Disney Planning Insights Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, at Princesses and the Mouse, Twitch, Matt underscore DPI, everywhere. guys for watching listening liking subscribing everything that you do um you guys have a wonderful week and we will talk to you next tuesday bye now